This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica. I'm here with Laurie Wallace. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We know your time is so valuable. So gratitude from the bottom of our hearts. (laughs) Um, We love you guys and we're a small business. We count on you to... um, be our support and to like, rate, review, share, um, and just spread the love. And we feel like we're doing good work in this world. So share it with those who you think need a little extra love. And yeah, let's talk about twin flames, twin flames, Uh, soulmates. It's so big. It's so big. (laughs) It has such a heavy connotation, I think, too. Like, yeah. I used to really feel like soulmates or twin flames was like a once in a lifetime situation. Yeah. Like that no. you had one. No. And that it was going to be that. like the ultimate romantic, you know, like partnership. Cause I never really attached like twin flames or soulmates to being anything besides a romantic relationship until I got a little bit older, you know, and started to see that it meant something different. There's so many different layers. Um, I've never been one to believe in just like one soulmate. I believe that we have soulmates for different stages Mm. of our life, both romantically and platonically. Same. Um, But yeah, I mean, get us started. So twin flame, soulmate, same difference, like soul contract, you can call it whatever you want this connection that you have with another being. I'm not even going to say human being, you know, like, cause I have had, um, soulmates that are animals mm-hmm. totally. Um, I would even venture a guess and say, I've had a few plants that I was like soul connected really? to. Yes. I can say I've never had a plant that I was soul connected I, to, but truly, animals for sure. And plants that like, um, through the arc of their life, however long that happened to be, you know, like meant something really deeply to me, you know, in my growth and my process. Um, yes. I've seen this happen. Totally. Yes. And that So really that being a twin flame or having a soulmate soul contract would go with any other being that you feel, um, that your experience with that being has like, contributed in some kind of major spiritual emotional type growth in your life you know or a new understanding of the way love works of the way the world works of the way relationships work um that energetically you sense that and I feel like the longer you're on the planet the better you get at noticing it Mm -hmm. um so yeah like that any of those things would count as a soulmate or a twin flame. And I don't know if I think that those are different things. Like, I kind of feel like they're all the same. I 
meet you, I do life with you for a little while, and I realize that, like, oh, no, we've done this before, and we came here with the intention of finding one another at some point in this existence so we can do this good work together for however long we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that misconceptions maybe are that, like, soul flames and twin flames are forever. Yeah. Like that, and they totally can be. They can be, yeah. But they all sometimes are not intentionally too. You know that sometimes those stories don't always have happy endings. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like that, there's a lot of uh, soulmates that I've had that had to end sometimes in not great ways. You know, because our story was like done. Yeah, and that on a emotional level maybe we weren't prepared for that or didn't want that, you know, but that truly in a spiritual level, it was time to move on, you know, and it's really hard to let go of a being that you have that kind of connection with, even when you know our time together is done, you know, like um, that emotionally, that's a really, really difficult thing to navigate. And so I think that was one of the first things about soulmates that I was like, oh, I straight up thought this was forever yeah. and now I'm learning that it doesn't mean anything uh, bad about our time together or our experience together. It just means that like this time is now chapters closed and time to move on to something else. Um, has that been your experience with a soulmate conversation that sometimes things end and that that's kind of difficult to. Yeah. Well, and sometimes like it doesn't even have to end badly. Sometimes things just taper off Mm. and before you know it, you're like, oh, (laughs) where is this person? Or you know what I mean? Mm But, um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like for example, and this is kind of silly because I think that people look at like your young loves, like in high school or maybe like college. as like, oh, just a high school boyfriend or just a, I straight up loved Love that kid. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that, yeah, sometimes like things went a little too deep, a little too fast and I got scared and I, you know, which now as an adult, I'm like, I could totally handle that. But too deep fast, yeah. <laughs> when you're 17, mm-hmm. like it was scarier. Yeah. Um, that I can look back on those relationships and like have so much love and appreciation for those guys. And that we were kids and figuring out the young adult thing. It's such a weird time when you're like that age, you know, we're like you're a kid, but the world tells you you're an adult and you're like, what? (laughs) You know, it was these really strange times, but even outside of like those, romantic relationships when I was younger that I really truly can as an adult look back and like love every single one of those guys they were so awesome but it's you know the friends too that um you know I've had friends that have tapered off but also haven't like you and me you know it's like you meet someone and you're like this one yes Mm -hmm. I'm sticking with you and that is who we are now, you know? Like, well, but you and I, I think, are a really interesting example because we met and had a 
acquaintance that became a work relationship that then took years of like consistent daily presence. Yeah. Where then we kind of began like to depend on each other, you know? And from that turned into this twin flame kind of situation that now is pretty undeniable when we're together, you know, like people sense it and can see it and, you know, like we're creating things together and, you know, like making things together and that that is, it's clear now. But I don't know that when we met, I would have been like, like I knew I liked you and I knew that we were going to be friends, but I don't think I knew it was what it is. Oh, for sure. Until, and that sometimes relationships have to stand the test of some time, you know, and everybody has to grow into who they're becoming for you to recognize each other in that way. Um, Sometimes like it happens oppositely where it's like hard and fast, you know, and I've met people before that, but that is also what I think is so interesting about like some of my soulmate type relationships that were hard and fast are also the ones that had to end. Yeah. You know, like that when it was an immediate magnetism where there was no turning away from that, um, that those things also did burn out at a certain point. And so sometimes I wonder how much of it is truly soulmate versus just like magnetic animal attraction. And I also don't mean that in like a, physical or sexual way like that some people i'm just attracted to right it's like this primal yes undeniable situation and some of these people like because i think it can work both ways we're like you and i spend a lot of time together we know each other very intimately like we are up in each other's business or whatever you know like but i have soulmate or twin flames that i hardly spend any time with yeah (laughs) that i don't see you often i don't really know what's going on in your daily but when we're together it's like we've spent centuries together. It's like we know each other's like connection in a really intimate way. Um, but I don't really know you know you and we don't really spend much time together. Right. I feel like, and I think that you like touched on this in the beginning of recording, um, but there are those people that you meet where you're like, I know you. Mm-hmm. And it's probably from, like, some weird past life. Like, yeah. we're familiar mm-hmm. um, because of this past connection that we've had. Um, which, when things fizzle out, like, makes it yeah even harder. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, you know, you were talking about, like, the magnetic, like, instant attraction. What's so funny about that for me? Um, what's the create the love guy? What's his name? Oh, my. Mark, Mark Groves. Groves. Okay. I was going to say that, but I was like, is that the wrong handle? Like the no, wrong Instagram you got handle? It. Yeah. Um, so Mark Groves did a thing on lightning bolts. Mm. And he was like, stop chasing the lightning bolts. Dangerous. And I'm like. But I like lightning bolts. <laughs> lightning is fun. Oh, lightning is fun. And it's all shiny and bright. That, um, that explains so much of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that, and this is, I'm working with this. Okay, so no judgment from you guys out there. But, like, I'm working this, like, lightning bolts and chaos is fun. Mm-hmm. 
and that that's not necessarily healthy. <laughs> um, if you know how to like use your powers for good rather than evil, but um, that I in relationships and this goes for friendships too. This I'm not speaking romantically necessarily, but that I associate um, contentment mm. with boredom. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't sit well. I have to be up and doing and going. And that if it's not like new and fun and spicy and exciting, then I'm like out, um, which is so bad. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's something I'm working on. I think it goes both ways, though. Because I think lightning is really beautiful from a distance. Okay, <laughs> like that sometimes with the Meaning right perspective, keep it far away. Well, or just like find a way to experience the lightning without being struck by it. You know, Ooh. like um, Lari, words of wisdom. Yeah, listen, it's flowing out. Um, <laughs> because I also think that like if the thing that you're drawn to is painful in some way, or is going to injure you. Well, then, yeah, like, reevaluate. But that especially when we're talking about, like, relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, that I tend to, even in my own relationship, that the boring, quote-unquote, consistency, the reliable pieces of it are, like, just as wonderful as the exciting electric, you know, like maybe kind of dangerous sometimes vibe that it comes from. And I've been, I mean, if you're talking about my personal relationships, like that those have been going on a really long time and that there is this balance between it. But when I met Aubrey, I wasn't like, that's my guy for life. Yeah. He's not at all what I would have thought I would have gone out and chosen for myself. Except now, all these years later, I can look back on it and be like, oh, no, he is. Like, he totally is. But it's not what I was attracted to at the time. Mm -hmm. You know? And that sometimes, and that the things I notice and appreciate about him so much now are totally not the things that had me interested in him early on, you know? And that there are, but that no doubt he is my soulmate, you know, like in addition to many other soulmates. And one of the things that I think is so powerful about our relationship is that his and mine is that we don't need to be everything to each other. And that there's a lot of things that I need that I don't get from Aubrey, that I get from other people, other relationships like, I don't need my marriage to be the end-all, be-all, freaking everything, you know? And that I get to have different loving experiences with people in a more platonic, you know, right. like, range sometimes that truly are my family, you know? And that I get to explore all of these other things with. And that that's really powerful when it comes to soulmates and twin flames for me is that I understand that I get to have lots of them. Mm -hmm. And that they get to fill different needs that yeah. I have. Um, Cause yeah, I'm like multifaceted and that's unreasonable to think that one person is going to like fulfill all of those things. Right. 
nuts. Like how weird and messed up is that? <laughs> um, Who wants to live up to that? The platonic twin flame thing. And maybe it's just because like I'm obsessed with all my girlfriends and I think that we're like so Clearly. fun and amazing. Um, like they're just so powerful and mm-hmm. so fun. And that I do love that I get these like little pieces of um these totally fulfilling platonic relationships like outside of what a man could ever give mm, me truly you know what i yeah. mean um but yeah like do we want to get into this subject that we've been wanting to talk about for a while with the yes okay about platonic life partners yes. and Laurie communal and I living and stuff are obsessed <laughs> with this idea of platonic life partners yeah um, if you guys have been paying attention, like this is happening more and more as things in this world are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, things are getting more expensive. People aren't getting paid as much to keep up with this economy. Mm-hmm. And so there are namely single moms are doing it a lot, but sometimes it's not single moms. Sometimes it's two best friends, a man and a woman, mm-hmm. or it's different families, this married couple and this married couple with this married couple all coming together, buying a house and saying, we're going to be family. Mm -hmm. We're living together. We're going to do life together. We're raising our children together. And we have multiple streams of income to live this badass, awesome life. Our kids will never, you know, want for anything. And that this is how we're choosing to do life rather than living on our own and struggling. Well, in that raising your family in a community of like-minded values is Mm -hmm. something that tribally humans have always done, you know? And then even, you know, you go back 100, 150, 200 years, you'll see lots of multifamily homes, you know, where you have generations of families living under the same roof. And then somewhere around the fifties, you know, like people started getting their own homes right. independently back when homes cost $18,000, you know? Um, <laughs> and then we all kind of separated like that. And yeah. that this idea of, like you said, single moms, deciding that they want to raise their kids together and have more of a family unit, like that that family unit doesn't have to look like a family of origin living together, that now a family can truly be just people who have like-minded values that want to do life together. And I love the conversation about like friends buying houses together and like golden girl style, you know, like living life. I also think it's so interesting like quality of life when you talk to these people that it's not just the financial benefit because obviously it's easier to pay the mortgage when you have multiple people you know like Mm -hmm. working to do that but it's also just like the stress of who's gonna make dinner tonight or who's gonna do bath time or who's gonna you know like that having a network of people that can all help with the workload of just like having a family in general is hugely beneficial to this platonic life partner conversation. And that a lot of these people, the only thing 
that is not traditional about their relationship is sex. Right. You know, like that it's actually the only thing that they're not engaging in that you would see otherwise in a traditional right. household. And I'm like, how fucking healthy is that? I know. You know, like talk about <laughs> taking a huge thing out of the conversation right. that complicates lots of shit, you know, yeah. like that maybe platonic life partners are a lot more stable home than you might find in a lot of traditional marriages where people are raising kids at home. You know, okay, so... I'm obsessed with different cultures and religions. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's the weird Catholic kid in me. I love learning about different cultures and religions. I'm obsessed with the idea of polygamy. Mm. I would, you know, it's not necessarily something that I would choose for myself. So like, okay, if if we're speaking like fundamentalist Mormon polygamy. Right. I was just saying, define that. We're speaking about one man with multiple wives, Mm -hmm. right? And we all know what happened with Warren Jeffs. It was a truly like abusive terrible situation. I believe he's here in Texas in prison. I believe Mm. Warren Jeffs is, um, if I'm not mistaken. But so I'm not talking from an abusive cult standpoint. I'm talking like these consenting Mormons who, you know, like the people who are on Sister Wives, the TV show, right? The Brown family, right? Um, I've been following them from the beginning. Beginning, I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed. So um, things aren't going well for them, by the way. Um, won't ruin it, but... Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> things aren't going well. But when... Um, in the beginning of the TV show, when things were going really well, it honestly opened my eyes to this whole new world that I would never even consider that I'm like this is really a beautiful way to raise children. Oh yeah. That it is. I mean, I wouldn't want to share a husband like that. I wouldn't be for me. However, this idea of sister wives of these women who raise each other's children and that they're all in one family unit and that there was this mom who was like the career woman. And she's like, I love working. I don't want to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know. So then there was the mom who did those things and she stayed home and she raised the kids and she made sure they got dressed and like made the meals. And then there was the mom that, you know, like they all played their different roles. They had their role, yeah. And as a mom, I'm like, that is Works. really appealing to me that it doesn't look the way that every family looks. Right. And like the thing about the Brown family and that these like more modern fundamentalist Mormons is like, they're raising their kids to be like, you could be whatever you want. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to be a polygamist. Right. Um, Unlike the Warren Jeff situation where they were marrying off minors and like, it was a nasty, like abusive situation. Um, But whether sex is involved or not, it's just this, new, beautiful way of raising families. And I have to say, if I didn't buy my house in the year 2010, y'all, I bought a HUD home that unfortunately another family like couldn't have anymore. Um, I bought it in the recession when there was a stimulus paycheck Mm. for people buying homes. Um, And I bought it for super, super, super cheap. So I'm in a really blessed situation where I can't afford my lifestyle and everything's good. But if I didn't, 
living right now. I mean, homes, are you fucking kidding no, me? Forget about buying a house. Forget like, about yeah, it. Totally. And so I'm looking at these families who are like, hey, I can't afford a house. I can't afford a house. Let's afford a house together. Mm-hmm. And I think that the really scary part about that is like having to rely on another person to like be in this. Yeah. Just as realistically but you would be doing that in a marriage. In a marriage anyway. Yeah, totally. It's still a contract. Right. That it's you're moving a into. Soul yeah. Contract. You are combining your resources and depending on the other half of that contract right. to fulfill their obligation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been like seeing these families like on TikTok and it's coming up on my news feed, like on my news app of families joining forces mm-hmm. and they can afford really awesome, beautiful homes and family vacations yeah. and family dinners because you're having multiple adults with multiple streams of income. Right. And I'm like, fucking genius, and y'all. quality of life and yes. time to do the things that you really enjoy, you know, like it takes away this hamster wheel of just making ends meet back to a work-life balance conversation, you know? Um, And we've talked about this too, like that the modern 40-hour work week was based on this idea that you had somebody at home that was taking care of everything else for you. So that was all you were doing was focusing on your 40 hours of work and then coming home, you know? Which is not the reality anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. But also what I think is interesting besides like just a couple of girlfriends wanting to buy a house together is how many actual families, a lot of them, like the ones I know personally are people that are like out of the same church Mm -hmm. and they have similar values. They have similar spiritual beliefs and they want to raise their children in a tight community. But still, if you move into a neighborhood, like those, you don't know those people. They're strangers or whatever. So could you take two or three families that have three to four people each in them and buy like 20 acres of land Mm -hmm. and put a large home with a kitchen and all the home facilities, but then build tiny houses for the individual families on the property, you know, and like. Or like different wings or, you know, yeah. So it is, it's not a commune, but it's like communal living kind of conversations. And for years, we've all been joking about like, I'm going to run off and start a commune, you know, like I have friends that have 2022. Yeah, it's happening because to be able to create your own community and raise your families through that is really, really powerful. If you're talking about the financial aspect, but also just the, um, the aspect of having a community, you know, like it's it's why we started Badass Ladies Club, but it's right. the same thing that people are creating for their home life is they want to build a community of like-minded people that they can depend on and that can support them and yeah, like grow through. And I think it's so smart. Um, I think it's smart too. I mean, and like I said, if I wasn't in the super blessed situation I am now where like I bought my house at a good time, mm-hmm. so... I'm comfortable. Um, but if I didn't, you bet your ass, Laurie, I'd be like, Laurie, let's Aubrey, buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You feel like raising a kid? Right. Ah, like, um, you know, or like I I could do that with 
a very small list of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but congratulations, you and Aubrey are on list. that list. Okay, but, um, but you know what I mean? I just think that like, and I'm a part of these women's groups and you're a part of these same groups on Facebook too. How many posts a day do you see about women posting on these groups who are struggling? Yeah. Um, apartment rent is more than my mortgage. Oh, I don't know how people rent. I don't understand how people... Rent is so much higher than a mortgage anymore. It's crazy. I know, but it's so stupid when you go buy a house and you don't have like a $20,000 down payment and they're like, you can't afford this house. I'm like, the fuck they can? They're paying more in rent. More than I do, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. My point is is that you and I are part of these um, Facebook groups where like almost daily I'm seeing posts from women who are struggling to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And I'm so freaking close to being like, Y'all just need to pitch in yeah, and like combined resources, combined resources mm-hmm. and no shame. There is no shame in doing this. I, I mean, it is really scary. Like I said, to depend on other adults to sure. make it work. And it'd have to be a really perfect situation. It would have to be a twin flame situation. I was about to say it helps when you right. are connected with somebody that you're like, I get you, you get me. We're right. you know, each other. We're people. in this together. Yeah, totally. Um, but y'all, I say it's 2022. It's time. I've always been a big uh, fan of like families are just people who love each other. Yeah. And that that gets to look different for whoever it is that you're working with. I think a lot about um, like soulmates and twin flames being... Um, non not human <laughs> like i've talked a little bit about my poodle and how teeny was totally your twin i mean for real i've never had i've had lots of dogs you know i've loved all of my dogs but she and i we just went through so much together and i feel like i got when i got her and i saw her little face it was just like i've known you my whole life you know mm-hmm. like where have you been my whole life and that even like being without her, what it's been three years at Christmas since she died, um, that she's still so present with yeah. me, which is so interesting for a dog, you know, like that I feel like if I think about Scooby or I think about any of my other dogs that I had that I don't have anymore, um, that of course I miss him and he was sweet and I loved him, but he wasn't like, constantly on my mind when he's not here anymore and martini is all the time she was also like such a uh like an emotional support animal for me i went through so much while i had her and i remember some things like even traveling and work and stuff i was like how much is it going to cost for me to bring this dog on the plane with me because i actually don't think i can go through what i'm about to walk into without her you know and um that there's a lot of ways that she supported me that I don't think a human could possibly, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that I have these, um, I have this feeling about dogs. And I also feel like it's not just dogs. Some people have it with cats, um, but I can almost sense it in other people with their animals too, you know, where I can see that connection. I think there's a really interesting soulmate connection with animals. For sure. Um, I had it with, um, my pug Delilah. Delilah, yeah. 
Delilah was my little, I still post about her all the time mm-hmm. on social media. I'm like, I miss my dog. That was six, almost seven years ago, yeah. you know, that I lost her. But um, Ruth Barker Ginsburg is coming in at a close second. Yeah. Um, and I've loved every single dog. Again, like, just like you, I've loved every single dog I've ever had. Um, and Ruthie is super special to me because it was my freaking idea to have the puppy party. <laughs> and I went over to Laurie's the house and I was like, party. just a puppy party just to get some serotonin because we're on fucking lockdown. Yep. And, you know, like, what is life? Outdoor event. And what did she do? This sweet little babe came up to me and was like, I pick you. And I was like, okay. Do you know what's so funny is that those photos jump up on my phone every now and again. And the, what, there were like six puppies, seven puppies, I think. And there are photos with you with all of the different puppies, you know, where like you'd pick one up or you'd be holding two or whatever. (laughs) And all of them are sweet, but the ones of you and Ruthie, like to look back on it now, (laughs) it was so obvious she was your dog, you know, like there was just an instant connection. Well, I like took her away. Yeah. You were like, this is mine. Away from the crowd, like (laughs) away where I was like, I need to spend time with this one. But what's so funny is that Ruthie is just very intuitively healing. Mm -hmm. She. No, I mean, she loves people, but like it's her instinct to cuddle Mm -hmm. and to, you know what I mean? She just, everybody can't help but to fall in love with her. She's the sweetest. Like the best. Um, And she's just so easy to pop in a bag and carry around. And you know what I mean? Like I love a dog that's on the go. Yeah. Um, It just makes life really easy. But um. You were talking about the plants. Yes. In the beginning of the episode. Yes. And what came to mind for me is that we both have a friend who um, unfortunately suffered a miscarriage. This was a few years ago. Um, and I guess someone gifted her an orchid like during this tough time. Mm-hmm. And orchids are really difficult to finicky, yeah. keep alive and take care of. Um. And so she was like grieving this huge loss and this orchid was also a struggle because orchids are difficult. Um, But she got pregnant again and um, had a rainbow baby. But um, before that baby was even born, like I remember her posting about this orchid that was so special to her. and signified so much more than just like this plant, right? Right. It was this whole um, deep, meaningful life cycle um, where she lost this baby and then she almost lost this orchid. And when she got pregnant, it came back to life and that um, we're so intuitively connected with nature. Um, I am not a plant person, so I haven't had that kind of connection with a plant, but from reading this post that she so vulnerably put out there, I mean, it was just beautiful. Um, and I was really proud of her for being that transparent about it. Um, but that 
that can signify a lot. And I think that plants are becoming more and more popular, especially with like this generation of adults. Plant daddies. Is it, yeah, yeah, with totally. like plant daddies <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yes. Like it's a thing. Um, it's a thing. Callaways must be making a killing right now. <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I can't speak from experience on that one, but I know that it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's funny because like, I've always been an outdoor plant kind of person. House plants haven't always been my first uh, go-to. But I found that, like, I always thought that house plants were, like, high maintenance. Like, you're supposed to mist them and dust the leaves and do, yeah. you know, like, that That just seemed like you're too like, much work. I don't have time for that. Except that nowadays, I do have time for it. And there is this, this really beautiful meditative thing that happens when you're caring for well, you inherited Your a plant. couple. I inherited several, and that it's been so fun. And one of them is a money tree, which I I was gifted a money tree when we moved into the house five, six years ago. And I was so obsessed with it. I loved it, and I killed it. Like, I think I just loved it too much, and it <laughs> died. And so when I got this new money tree that was gifted, you know, I inherited, it was so much bigger than the other one that I had and so much happier that when I have got it, it's in my bedroom now, and it's like when I open my eyes, it's the first thing that I see. And I'm always like, oh, my God, look at you. You're so happy, and I love you so much. And <laughs> I've been, like, when I water it, I turn it. So, like, a different side of it is facing the window. And when I turn it, I tell it how pretty it is, and I, like, dote on all of the happy new, like, growth that's Aww. on it. And, I, and it's so interesting, like, how much it gives back to me, you know? And that Jennifer, I have if you're this, listening like, truly, to this. yeah, like, loving relationship. Know with that your tree. baby is good in um, Laurie's hands. It is. And yeah. that I'm so happy that I've had them for a few months now, and they're not dying. Like, Look every day you. I walk into my house, and I'm like, Look you're at all these happy houses. Like, <laughs> it's really... Um, but the plants that I've had, like, really deep relationships with, soul contract kind of relationships with, a couple of them I have killed. Not like one of them I just left it on the porch in Snowmageddon a couple of years ago. I just fucking forgot about yeah. it, you know? And I, and I like sat straight up in bed, middle of the night kind of thing, and was like, no! <laughs> and I immediately like went out to get it, and it was an aloe, so it was like gooey and dead, you know? And I remember thinking, like, how do I save it? What do I do? I cut off all the snow burnt death, you know, and hope that it comes back. And so I like cut it back and I did Reiki on it. And I prayed on it. And I, you know, and it was like so sadly dead, you know, that finally, yeah, when I got rid of it, like it was kind of like a death in the family. I was crushed because, well, because of it. Aloe is such a powerful plant, it's a healing plant. Right. And this was, like, had so much sentimental value where it came from. Like, I was so disappointed in myself for killing this plant. Um, turns out there was another one. Oh. And I thought I had, like, the mother plant from the aloe, but really what I had was just a baby. Uh -huh. And I actually ended up with the mother plant a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I've been able to replace this really special plant, which is good now that I'm better with houseplants than I used to be. <laughs> but... A lot of plants that I've had the deep soul connection to are also mainly outdoor plants that I thought I had killed or I thought had died. But then a new season rolls around and somehow they all come back to life. Laurie's 
backyard. I swear. It's amazing. I've, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've looked at some of that and I'm like, oh no. Where I've just abandoned it and been like, I'm fucking done with gardening, you know? Sorry. Your plants. Sometimes it's too much. And I'm like, oh, because I know how hard you like typically work on them. And then I swear to God, it's like the next season. I'm like, what's that? You're like, it came back. It just came back to life. Stop. Oh my God. That was burnt to a crisp like last season or a Mm. few months ago. It's so wild. I go hard and fast with plants. Like I'll put a whole lot of work into it for several weeks and then coast for a while and then it dies out. Yeah. But it's also Mm. that like being um, connected to the earth and doing things that feel like you're like a good steward of the earth is um, nourishing trees like that pecan tree in my backyard is the bane of my existence it's fucking messy it threw that weird sap shit all over my backyard this year that was so sticky and gross whatever that was yeah yeah it the i used to have a pine tree i'm familiar oh God, with the stupid so gross sap. yeah like the broken pecan shells that yes. i step on in the backyard like it's a mess and, yeah and I love that old pecan tree. Like I sit well, underneath it, you know. Like I hug that. It tree. is well because it has your swings I hang in the on hammock it. and the swings on yeah. it. You know, like that. That tree means something to me, and it was there long before I owned that house, and it's going to be there long after I'm gone. And that there yeah. is a um, a soul connection that happens with trees a lot. That um, yeah, feel very twin flameish. Well, that tree is just so wise. Mm-hmm. It's very. You can tell it's been there a long time. Yeah. I also love trees because, like, we don't judge so harshly how different they are. Mm-hmm. Like, they remind me so much of people that they literally can look any way or grow any direction or you're have like, whatever job, texture. Tree. And you're like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Like, <laughs> And you look so different from this tree, but you're beautiful, too, you know? <laughs> and that trees have a really good vibe like that. Um, so, yeah, I like finding those soul connections in yeah, people and plants sure. and animals and all the things. Same. Um, you know, and I think that places, you know, you could have like a total connection. Mm, you know, I'm place, all about that. You know, like, and we've talked about that a little bit in past episodes, you know, that, um, the energy of a place you can, I mean, but we didn't talk about it in like a soul contract kind of way, but you know, I think that Costa Rica is that kind of place for us or anywhere with a beach, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> like literally anywhere with sand, anywhere with sand, I'm into um, it. but I Beautiful remember sunset. when I stepped foot on Jamaica, like foot off the plane onto the ground. And I was like, I've been here before. Yeah. I've never been there before, but like I felt so at home yeah. there. And the vibration there was like really earthy and primal. And yes, you know, like everything about it felt super right. Um, Costa Rica obviously has that vibe where, like, I keep going back there over and over and over again. But I also felt that way a lot about Greece. Really? Like, Greece had a very, um, yeah, like, ancient wisdom kind of space to it. It's places have that vibration. You know what place, which I'm not as well-traveled as you, which hashtag goals, but... Um, the place for me that is that is New Orleans. Yes, you've always had the jam with New Orleans. I, it's so strange. From the first time I went, I was like, 
I know this place. Mm-hmm. I've been here before. Which New Orleans is super historical, super witchy. Oh, yeah. Super like voodoo, deep, weird yeah. voodoo religious deep, crap. Yeah. Which is my jam. Love it. And so like there's part of me where I'm like, I must have been here, you know, and um, I mean, you know, they say Marie Laveau was a hairdresser. I believe this. You know, so um, there's just something really familiar and special about it where like every time I've been I'm like I know exactly where we're going mm-hmm. I'll go with people and they'll be like where's that I'm like I know exactly where that is you know um I know the freaking tour guides there I'm like you have to ask for <laughs> this Ernie this is my place um Ernie is the bomb it's kind of reminds me of like how in Sex in the City New York was like a character in the story, you know, and that Carrie had the love affair with New York, Mm -hmm. even though she hung out in LA, she went to Paris, you know, like she did the traveling route, but like she couldn't escape the relationship that she had with New York. And I feel like cities and places like that can be a character in your story, you know, like in that same way that New Orleans is. And, you know, like that, it is a really interesting connection, a lot like a soul mate or a twin flame where you like immediately recognize it and you're like, yes, this is the thing. Right. Um, it's a lot like that. Mm-mm-mm. Love good soul connections. It feels, feels good. Um, we hope that this was fun for you guys and always want to know what you think about twin flames and soulmates and platonic life partners. Yeah, also, and if you're in a platonic life partner situation, we want to talk to you because we've been wanting to like have someone on the podcast that is in this yes. situation. We're um, putting out feelers to talk more about it because it yes. really is fascinating. I yes, we want to like have some perspective like from someone who's living it. So if yeah. you're combining families and incomes in a platonic way, we want to talk to you. Love it. You guys have a great week. We love you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.